You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of Black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show Black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Baby. What's up? We got four whole boys. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I never thought that I could be so in love with a little boy the fourth time around. Deadass? Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take <laughs> Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. My baby over here, to my left, delivered all three boys on week 37. Week 37, yes. So she and I, in planning mode, with everything we have going on, just knew Dakota was going to come at week 37. Right, or less. I or was less. nervous. So Kadeen and I flew out the crew here to make sure we captured everything. Flew our family in here. We had Takiya come, Sakari come. Everybody came at around week 36. Mm -hmm. 
we getting towards the end of week 37 and Dakota's looking at us through the belly button <laughs> like, nah, bruh, I ain't coming on your time. And I remember Josh, who captured everything for us, was like, bro, I got to leave tomorrow. You know what's going to happen. And I'm like, what? He's like, as soon as I leave, Dakota going to come. Same thing I said. You know what happened? Josh got on the plane. The minute he landed in New York, Kay woke up that next morning, tapped me and said, baby, my water broke. <laughs> I was like, damn. It was so annoying. It was. So for karaoke, baby. Yes. I think it's What's only the most right. appropriate song? We sing you think it's the same one? Everybody knows that we should sing. What? Happy birthday to ya. Hey, happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, happy birthday to ya. Hey, happy birthday to ya. Hey, happy birthday. All right, Flossy. Happy birthday. Hey, 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 hey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Dakota. Dakota, happy birthday, boo. Yes. So before we get started with this full birthday day, Mm -hmm. we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because... The media represents how people view us, and it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact, and the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today— Told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Schmurter to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, Near, the OG that I used for years, has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay? It works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. We back, baby. So we're back. This episode, we're going to dedicate day. this entire podcast to walking y'all through mm -hmm. the birthing process for Dakota. Absolutely. I think it's only right. I mean, we've done this entire season documenting our pregnancy mm -hmm. with Dakota and mm -hmm. talking about all things baby and preparation and all that stuff. So now that he's here and I'm in the right frame of mind to actually reflect mm -hmm. and tell y'all about the day, um, I think it'll be cool to get both of our perspectives of what was right. happening um, in that moment. Because like Deval said, we were waiting for him. I thought for sure mm -hmm. that he was going to probably be the one that came soonest mainly because it's my fourth baby. Right. So you figure the fourth time around, my body pretty much knows exactly what to do. I was feeling things down yeah. there yeah. as of week 34, 35. And I kept saying to DeVal, listen, I just want to get to 36 <laughs> weeks at least because yeah. A, Takia, my midwife, would be here by then. Mm -hmm. And I ain't trying to have no baby without her. Love you to death, babe, but I needed her here too, okay? You see that? <laughs> My sister, your mom, mm -hmm. Josh and Matt, like the crew, everybody was coming into town. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make it there. And then also too, like 36 weeks, I know that he would have been fully viable. 37 is even better, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't want him to be born and then there potentially be a reason for us to be in the hospital and things like that. So, Well, but speaking on that though, at week 34, when you started to feel things, you know what we did that we didn't do for any other child? What? We slowed down. Because I remember true. you saying that you started to feel things. So I ultimately just put Kadeen on bed rest mm -hmm. because we wanted to wait. And I was like, yo, it's, this is your fourth child. We don't want him to just fall out early. Right. So she was in the bed a lot more. She mm -hmm. had stopped working out. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, let's just try to get him to 37 weeks. So I feel like in turn, that kind of slowed down the process a little bit. Even more. Because for sense. all other, like that, yeah, for yeah. Jackson, you were working the entire time. Yeah. For Kyra and Cash, you worked out, you were spinning and you were walking and lifting weights the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then he, they both came mm -hmm. right at 37 weeks. So I think when we stopped those two weeks prior, it kind of slowed down the process. Right. Or it could have just been Dakota trolling all of us <laughs> and just pretty much being like, mm -hmm, I'm the last one. 
So I'm going to let you get the biggest. Yeah. And the most uncomfortable. Yeah. And the most swollen. Because at the very end, like, there's like a swelling that tends to happen to women at the very, very end. It wasn't when you're about to devour. There's a swelling that happens. I know y'all ladies know what I'm talking about if you've had babies. Oh, it's something that I don't know? You don't know. Like You, oh, you would swell a little bit, but there's like a particular swelling that tends to occur at the Where? very end in the entire body when it's about to be time. And for me, I didn't really have that before. No. But with Dakota, I definitely like my hands. My, I, I never feet, had to take my wedding ring off. I had, I, I had to take my wedding ring off. Like there were things that were happening that I was like, okay, it's about to be time, but it ain't time yet. Right. So 30, 38 weeks on the dot. Yeah. On the dot. So Josh and Matt were in town <laughs> as of week 37. I even had Josh changing his schedule and all sorts of things around. He was shooting a wedding out here in Georgia. I'm like, yeah. go shoot the wedding, but come back here because I feel like it's going to happen any minute now. And um, <laughs> literally, I said to Josh, because he couldn't stay any longer. I couldn't hold him hostage any longer. I was like, damn, bro. I said, I know the minute you leave, the baby's going to come. Yeah. So there were so many things that I was trying to do that week that they say we'll have the baby <laughs> come faster. We did everything, everything. You, ate, you ate the damn eggplant you eggplant took the parmesan eggplant. <laughs> all um, things eggplant yo it didn't work let me tell you how this this is how bad kadeem wanted to get this baby out the last two months of our of, of your pregnancy mm -hmm. you were like super anti-intimacy like yeah. you were just at a point where you're like i don't want nobody to touch me nope. you was you were swollen in places like your feet were swollen mm -hmm. and you were just like i just don't feel like nothing i was just like babe you want me to cuddle you she's like no no i don't want to <laughs> don't once we me. got to the end of 37 now she's looking at me she's oh, making what? these fake batty eyes she's just Come like she's thinking you, you want to suck on some boobies <laughs> i'm like what i heard that that would help well first of all that ain't even sexy it ain't even it ain't even like she was like, "Hey, baby, come on, I want you." She ain't. She wasn't even lying. She said, "Hey, you want to suck on some boobies?" Yeah. And I was like, "What's what's that gonna do?" I heard it's that makes the baby stimulation. Come. So I was like, "So now you just want me for my body?" That's you just, a fact. So of course, I took one for the team, and I obliged. <laughs> <laughs> so I was and that in escalated there, very sucking quickly. on boobies, and then nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. So I also went to get the eggplant from this restaurant out here that they say if you eat the eggplant parmesan within forty eight hours, you go into labor, which actually yeah. happened for me. 36 hours after hours. eating it, but my water broke. There was a combination because you ate the eggplant. Mm -hmm. We did it doggy style. Mm -hmm. uh, nipple stimulation. True. You was bouncing on that damn uh, ball. The yoga ball. The yoga ball forever. forever. I also so, drank the red raspberry leaf tea with thyme in it. So I don't know if that happened. Because thyme was what I popped into the tea at the very last minute. And then he came the next. Uh, so it was probably, it, you know what? Maybe Dakota was like, you know, I'm ready to come out. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Who knows? Man. All of these, like, All these old, old wives, wives tales, tales, yeah. they don't be working. It's just when the baby want to come, the baby want to come. And I ain't going to lie to you. After doing all of those things, mm -hmm. I just got to a point where I was just like, yo, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and one day I'm going to wake up and she going to tell me that her water broke. I just knew that that's how it was going to happen. And, and so said, so done. I remember. So Monday. Sleeping peacefully. November Finally getting 8th. some sleep. Yes. And then you, you know, you touch me. And she, the funny thing is, Kadeem, <laughs> she be trying what? like not to be nervous and trying to like be cool because she had been planning this the whole time. But she, she touched me. She said, "Hey, man, man." And I was like, "Well, what's up?" And and from week thirty six on, every time she touched me or she called me and said, "Babe, I the thought her water broke," so I would time. like, "Baby, I'm like, wow, wow, the baby's here, the baby's here," and she was just like, "My water." My water broke. 
So I was like, yeah, I grabbed my phone. I was like, yeah, my water broke. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, why are you nervous? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I thought I was, but now I'm not. You don't understand. It's like a it's like a, a, a build up. You know, like I'm just mm. like, yeah, I could do this. I could do it. You know, you talk to yourself mentally, you kind of gear yourself up for it. It's mm. like for game day. You know what I mean? You get prepared. And then when it finally happens or when the whistle blows, it's like, damn, like this is about to happen. Like there's one way out. There's one way out. So I'm going to get a little bit serious for a minute because everything is always jokes and, and fun and games with us. But I'm going to express some things to you now that mm -hmm. I didn't express before. No. Oh. First is that I was scared, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we're having this baby. We've had every child at week 37. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, okay, since we had them at week, 37 and not closer to week 40 all of our children had been small mm -hmm. so maybe it was easy for you to push and get the baby out because it, all of our kids were small around mm -hmm. six pounds yeah you know uh, one close to seven but all of them around mid six pounds mm -hmm. Cairo was even five pounds yeah 513 513 so once we passed the 37 week mark I was like man Dakota is bigger mm -hmm. I wonder if that's going to be an issue oh, okay then you know all of the doubt started to creep in about whether or not we were doing things the right way mm -hmm. because you are older. Mm -hmm. So then I was just like, I really just want to focus on you having a healthy childbirth and labor and Dakota being healthy and born. Mm -hmm. That's all I was worried about because also we were dealing with you getting COVID in the first trimester mm -hmm. of having Dakota and then having to be on blood thinners. Well, a baby aspirin. Mm -hmm. For your entire pregnancy. So now I'm worried about bleeding if it's an issue. Right. If Dakota is going to be big and you might tear, is bleeding going to be an issue? These are the things that were going through my mind the week of the 37 going to 38th. And I was just like, I hope he comes before mm -hmm. week 40 because I don't want you to have to deal with those things. And I never expressed them because to me it was like I didn't want to bring any stress or any any negative thoughts to you. Mm -hmm. But those were really going through my mind at the time. No, I can, I can, I guess we can both say we were both feeling the same things, but not... I guess not trying to scare each other because mm -hmm. I had the same apprehensions too, which is one of the reasons why when I had the conversation with our midwife ahead of time, letting her know that, you know, she was pretty much concurrently, I was seeing her along with an OBGYN and she knew that I was on the baby aspirin. Mm -hmm. And I asked her if that would be an issue and me feeling 100% confident um, with her and being in her care. Right. She told me that that wasn't going to be an issue. I felt the same way. So I was like, okay, if Takiya said that I'm good being on this baby aspirin, we're fine. Bleeding won't be an issue. I ain't gonna lie to you. But there's always the, you never know. Takiya being here is the only reason why I felt comfortable mm -hmm. because if it wasn't with Takiya, I wouldn't have done this home birth with any other with midwife. any other midwife. I trusted her absolutely more than I trusted anything else absolutely so as long as she made us feel good I felt good right 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 well can you explain and, to them um, about the um why you had to take the baby aspirin and, and with COVID and the spike protein I remember the details but yeah it was one of those things early on when I found out I was pregnant um I had COVID when I was it, it literally happened simultaneously I must mm -hmm. have gotten pregnant and had COVID literally at the same time so the minute I got over COVID, found out I was pregnant, and then had to go into the doctor after quarantining mm -hmm. and then, then getting a negative test, they did all the blood work. Right. So naturally at 30, if you're over 35, they're doing right. a, an extensive panel of blood, blood work on you, uh, much less just regular pregnancy blood work. So they're testing your blood, and they're also testing um, mm -hmm. for the baby abnormalities, right. things like that. 
So in doing this entire um, panel, they came to find out that the spike proteins were elevated in my mm -hmm. blood and um, the cardioliplin level was also elevated. So that was going to potentially cause um, clotting, clotting issues, issues with my blood. Right. And that would in turn make me more prone to um, stroke, mm -hmm. heart attack, um, you know, blood clots, and also to possible placenta issues and blood flow issues. Which is important for people to know because... Yes. These are things that they don't speak to us as black parents, black mm -hmm. moms, right? For example, people who have sickle cell anemia or the sickle cell anemia trait have mm -hmm. higher complications with COVID. Mm -hmm. No one's talking about right. it. We know it. I've done research and I've spoken to people because you have the sickle cell anemia trait. trait. Yeah. And uh, two of our boys, mm -hmm. Cairo and Kaz, have the same trait. Mm -hmm. So once we found out about the spike protein, mm -hmm. I started to look at the, the different ways mm -hmm. and how... COVID was going to affect people with sickle cell. And I realized that that's one of the things that happened. Yeah. A lot of similarities that tend to happen if you're, like you said, exposed to the trait. Mm -hmm. um, and also, too, they tested me for other autoimmune diseases as well, too, because there are also some similarities in the, the I guess, what you can see in a person that has even syphilis. Right. You know, you get a false positive for syphilis because there are some of the same, you know, uh, attributes that they attributes have attributes from covid from covid yeah and it was just things that people are still finding out now to this day and these are tests they don't do on people who are not pregnant right you now for example so i you know i had covid as well mm -hmm. and no one did my blood tests mm -hmm. so we don't know what are going to be the effects of the blood work and then it wasn't until we spoke to takia mm -hmm. and takia said typically when your body is fighting off infection mm -hmm. or fighting off um viral infections in mm -hmm. particular is when you get the spike protein right so you know these are things that they said will go away once the virus is gone mm -hmm. but once this alarms your doctor in the early part of the pregnancy now this is something that they're watching especially with you being considered geriatric because <laughs> you're over being 35. over 35 exactly so everything is heightened it's like pregnancy almost puts your body under like a mini stress test mm -hmm. if that makes sense so anything that potentially may arise at some point may rear its ugly head in pregnancy to kind of give you an alert like, hey, you want to be, you know, on the alert for something like this. Um, so I was in great care um, with an OBGYN and also getting sonograms done every month just to ensure that wow. Dakota was growing nicely, that my placenta was working as it should, that there was accurate blood flow, um, that he was gaining weight, that my amniotic fluid was good. So I actually preferred to be on the safe side and get right. this extensive work done the entire time to make me feel at least a little bit more at ease. The OBGYN. With the, yeah, with the process um, leading up to birth. But, of course, but she pissed me off. You I know. do know that. I know. I I'm know. just going to say this really quickly. I'm not, yeah. I, she pissed me off because she was doing her job and mm -hmm. doing her job well. Mm -hmm. But for me, sometimes your words have so much power right. that it can cause and create stress right and when we told her that we were going to do a home birth mm -hmm. our first thing was why would you do that yeah and we're in yeah. georgia now we're not in new york mm -hmm. because in new york um, medicine's a little bit more liberal mm -hmm. so when we spoke to our OBGYN, then she was like you're a perfect candidate for home birth because right. your second child came with ease you didn't have any issues you didn't yeah. tear she gave me her blessing she gave you her like, blessing as long as you find someone that you're comfortable with and that's a professional right you know, um, but, but yeah, this OBGYN was kind of like, why she was like, that? why would you do that? You no way. She You're was totally older. not. Yeah. She yeah. was not with any of my shits when it came which is understandable. to, yeah, which I completely get. And you know? now that I'm learning more about how, um, how midwives potentially, you know, how they function out here mm -hmm. in Georgia, you know, there's also a disconnect there. There's too. a very huge disconnect um, between, the between midwives 
and OBGYNs. We noticed right. that over the last couple of weeks. Exactly. And even just within different states, the regulations and the rules are just completely different. Where Takia, he was even, you know, surprised at some things that they did here that she wasn't accustomed to. So, um, so yeah, that le- leading up to that, I was definitely a little bit more nervous. Um, having Takia and having her reassure me, I think, was the biggest thing that had me at ease. Right. Um, and even though I would, you know, the doctor gave me the her rundown and was like, I don't think you should do it. Um, a little bit of fear started to enter my body and mm-hmm. the kind of what ifs for a moment. And then I had to kind of reel myself back and say, Kadeen, like you've never had fear existing in your body when it came to anything. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Especially dealing with this pregnancy. So don't do that now. You know, mm-hmm. I had to kind of talk myself off of a mini ledge real quick <laughs> because um, I just knew and I had confidence in Takia. I had confidence in you and myself that we were going to make this experience what we planned for it to be. And of course, making sure that we had an emergency route and we right. had the, you know, plan. We did everything. Just making sure that everybody was on board. Everybody knew their task. Mm -hmm. We had a family meeting uh, when Takiyah was here. We had a family meeting when Takiyah came. So everyone knew their battle station where they had to man their position. Absolutely. So everyone knew what was to to happen. And God forbid something were to go wrong, what the next step would be. I drove to the Um, hospital. Yeah. It was nine minutes away. Practice driving to the hospital Mm -hmm. just to make sure that we knew the route um, and that everything would have gone smoothly. So once that water broke and I was like, baby, I think it's time. (laughs) It was not well. And here's the funny thing: when the water broke, now we were expecting things to move the same way they moved with our first two children. Mm-hmm. In the past, with Cairo and Kaz, Kadeen's water broke. They came within six hours. Yeah, like they were. Literally. They were both like boom, six hours. So now, Kadeen's water broke, and we're looking at the time, and we're just like, okay, so in about six hours, yeah, Dakota will be here. Six hours came around. There was no movement. No, the contractions yeah. had slowed, slowed down. Down completely. I was like, what in the world? I said this kid really doesn't want to get out you know it was early morning i got up to use the restroom um you know kind of waddled over to the bathroom used it then got back in bed and the minute i lay down when my water breaks i know exactly what it feels like it feels like there's like an internal like a pop that Mm -hmm. happens internally and i was like oh my god i think my water broke to myself i didn't say anything to devalue it i said kadeen if you stand up and water trickles down your legs (laughs) then you know your water really broke and I looked at the time. It was 6.38 in the morning. Um, and I said, okay, Kadeen, go ahead and stand up, girl. Stand up, girl. I had to talk myself into it, like, as if I didn't know. if As right, if I didn't right. stand up, it wasn't going to happen. Right. And I stood up, and so said, so done. That warm water sensation trickling down my legs. And I was like, Deval, my water broke. Your water broke. And then at that point, I was like, all right, we got to wake the house up. Because every day, everyone was going to bed with the anticipation of something happening. Um, but it was a great moment, though. You were smiling. I was smiling. Yeah. Uh, Gentlemen, I'm going to say this. You don't really understand your power. And we're going to talk about this as we get through the birthing process. You don't understand your power as a father until you go through labor and realize how your voice, your presence, and your touch can control the whole process. And I mean literally control the whole process. When I got up, even though I was concerned and worried, the minute she told me her water broke, all I did was smile. I smiled. I kissed her. I hugged her. And I watched her go from nervous to being like, okay, well, this is just what we do. Mm-hmm. And then we we woke up. Her mom was getting Jackson ready for school. We went outside. Yeah. And, it was um, like perfect timing because Jackson was about to leave for school within yeah. like 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? You can stay home today because your brother's coming. <laughs> woke your mom up. Your mom almost did. Like she was so used to waiting every morning. She comes like, whatever. It'll happen when it happens. And yeah. then we told her like, you know, Kadeen's water broke. And then she started jumping up and down. And said, <laughs> okay, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> And then Jackson was just like, can I stay home? Yeah. And we were like, of course, of course. So 
Jackson stayed home. We kept Kyra and Kaz home. Mm-hmm. And then we were just like, for me personally, I was like, I know it's going to take six hours. Yeah. There's no reason to rush and fill a tub and do it. We got time. Right. I woke I my like, sister up. We woke up everybody but Takia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the midwife. We were like, wait a second. We have to let her know too. <laughs> and then um, we made breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we woke my mom up. And we we chilled for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Started putting on some some movies. Mm-hmm. And said, okay, what's the, next, what's the next process? But then time started flying. Yeah. And then what I noticed was it went from being, I think it was about six I think it was like six o'clock, mm-hmm. and Jackson was getting ready for school. It was like six thirty-eight. Yep, my and water before broke. I knew it, it was like ten thirty, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How you feeling?" Right, and you were like, "Nothing." Yeah, I felt. I felt it was strange. I, I yeah. was expecting to have the progression happen, and it wasn't happening. So that's when Takia was like, "You know what? Let's go outside." Mm-hmm. So we went outside. I put my sweats on. I called Bianca. I, yeah, I called you had my your whole best mom friend tried. Bianca. I did. I was like, "All right, come on over now. We're, you know, now everything's gonna happen." It was beautiful and outside. I was like, it was a beautiful day. Yeah. I put my my hoodie on, and I was like, "All right, we're gonna do some exercises." So I was out there doing lunges and squats mm-hmm. and walking and getting some fresh air, just trying to get a little change of scenery, um, which was nice. And Takia encouraged that. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, I didn't feel like much was happening Mm-mm. in that moment. And it might have been a little bit of because I was distracted because everyone right. was there. But I didn't realize the impact that was happening on, la- happening on labor and the impact it was happening happening on my body. Mm. Because if I wasn't focused, it seems like labor wasn't going to progress. Labor wasn't going to happen. Which was strange for me. That was something very different. Well, it, it was, it was yeah, that was very different because that didn't happen with the other mm-hmm. two children. And I remember sitting in a room, then we finally... Started putting water in the tub, mm-hmm. and my mom sat there and just held the water over the tub. I was like, "Ma, you can leave that," but that was her task. She wanted to do that. <laughs> she and was great. I remember feeling in that moment like, "Okay, everything isn't going as planned, just mm-hmm. like the other two. Mm-hmm. So then, for me, I was a little bit. I started getting anxiety. I'm like, "Shoot, it ain't 37 <laughs> weeks; it's 38 weeks. It's going." I on know all this is going through your head all this time because it's my job to to become kind of suppress all of my anxiety and mm-hmm. become in that moment so that you can find a, a, a place, a, a sovereign place mm-hmm. of peace mm-hmm. when you look at me. Right. You're the one doing all the work. Right. I, you can't be doing all the work and then I'm walking around like, Duh! what's <laughs> happening? God, Jesus, Duh! So every time you came around, I was just, I was calm, but I really was thinking like, this baby must be bigger. You know, you are older. It's, it's longer weeks. Like I, I, these are all the things I'm thinking. So that's when I grabbed you and I was like, hey, babe, let's just walk in the house. Mm-hmm. So I remember... You know, doing the soul. Tr- that, remember, we did the um, what's it called? The uh, what's that? Dun, 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 <laughs> the conga line. line. We did the conga line through the, the through the house. Mm-hmm. We went from the kitchen to the living room to the foyer to the dining room to the great room, and we were just walking. And as we started to walk, I noticed the contractions was coming every I think two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. No, 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 minute and a half. About every minute and a half, about every 90 seconds, the contractions started to come. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, move. We're moving. We're moving. Right. We're moving. But they were like weak contractions. They weren't like, you know, on the scale of contractions. Um, right. They were coming, but they were coming kind of like, I was tolerating them. So I felt like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. it's happening, but it's just starting to progress, starting to speed up a little bit more. And then after that, I think that's when Takia yeah. said to us, I think you guys need some quiet time. I'm going to get everyone out of the room. Mm-hmm. You guys can sit and have lunch together. Um, and I'm going to need dad to love on mom and mm-hmm. mom to love on dad. And at first I was like, now I ain't the time for that. <laughs> I know, right? We did that. That's how we got here. <laughs> that's how we got here. You She's know? like, well, because that's how you, you got here. That's what's going to help to get him out. And she told us about oxytocin. Oxytocin. And how intimacy or just even touch or just being around your person 
can help to progress labor. So oxytocin. Didn't think that was a thing. Yeah, it's, or a, it's, it's be a hormone. Real. It's a hormone. Oxytocin is a hormone. It is a real hormone that um, helps with two things for for women: it's contractions mm-hmm. and also for uh, lactating. Mm-hmm. So every, even oxytocin comes from your child too. That's why when your child gets on you yes. or you think about your child and yes. stuff, your boobs start to leak. Like right before we started <laughs> today. Kadeem was sitting here and we started talking about childbirth. And she's uh-huh. like, oh, I didn't put on any breast pads. Right. Because I'd have been because... all in here. <laughs> so I, I, I'll, I'll never forget this. And this is when, as, as, a, as a man, you start to realize your power in all of these different things. We're sitting in the room and we're on the two chairs that Kadeem had just bought in our bedroom that she just, while she was nesting. And she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and I can tell in your eyes that you were nervous. Mm-hmm. And... I smiled and I was just like, what's the matter? Meanwhile, I'm nervous as fuck, but I can't show you. So I'm like, what's the matter, baby? And you just like, and then the race car cry again. Like, <laughs> For the last time, the race car cry. It's not, it's not <laughs> happening. I don't know what's going on. So then I pulled you close because you were sitting on the ball. Mm-hmm. Pulled you close. And I was like, you know, look at me, look at me. We had our intimate conversation. I kissed you. You kissed me. We started making out. And then when we started making out, then all you did was go, ah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, what was that? She's like, it's a contraction. Yeah. And I, I stood up off the ball at this point. Yeah. And then the contraction, like I felt like, oh, this is active labor. And it happens uh, almost instantaneously. It happened instantaneously. Within maybe 20 minutes, I went from like, ah, uh, not so much in labor to being like, oh, shoot. And they will come in Baby, every 45 seconds. Yes. Like these, these, and these were contractions that would stop her in her tracks literally like, she would be talking to me we would be dancing and making funny funny fun things and then all of a sudden it'd just be ah mm-hmm. and then she was breathing not moving and just squeezing me and holding on to me and then takia and sakari came in to check your vitals mm-hmm. check the baby yes yeah, shout out to my sister food. she was uh she was she was my actually. She was an, an RN. She was an assistant. Oh, an R, that's right. That's yeah, right. So she let was me not take her title. Please, you know, my my baby sister's an RN now, so she was actually assisting to Kia. So she wasn't in sister role really. No. She wasn't in doula role. She was literally like yeah. in nurse role, which was amazing. So I'm glad she got that experience. So shout out to Auntie Sakari. Um, she came and brought us doing some food. That. Yeah, and then uh, you destroyed that food. I sure did. And and here's here's mine another and thing. His. <laughs> Make sure when you're in labor, ladies, that you eat. Yeah, sometimes you can't, depending if you're in yeah. the hospital and you're on certain medications and whatnot. But I wanted to eat, and Takia was like, "If you want to eat, you better eat." But but, so. think, but think about that, right? The difference between being in a hospital, being strapped to a bed with an IV, mm-hmm. and not being able to move, mm-hmm. or not being able to have that intimate moment with your partner mm-hmm. to help have oxytocin help push labor along. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. For me, that's what was the best part about having a child at home. Right. We could close our sweet doors to our master bedroom and people can be outside and be comfortable and relaxed because they're in our home. Mm -hmm. They can watch TV. They're not in a a hospital waiting room, you Mm -hmm. know, and no restrictions, no restrictions. And they were waiting for us. And then when the time happened, everybody jumped into action. But gentlemen, I cannot say this enough. You have a power to help your wife, your girlfriend, the mother of your child through labor with love and affection. It may sound cliche. Simple. But it really isn't. It's Mm -hmm. the truth. Like, love and affection. I kissed on you. And the kisses weren't just, okay, let me kiss you because let's make this baby. Mm -hmm. I could see in your face that you were worried. Mm -hmm. And then we looked at each other and we started to feel that love again. And we started to make out like kids. And then the baby 
just started to be like, all right, I need to get out of here. Cause <laughs> I just don't, I don't like it in here no more. I want to get out there where all the love is. And right. then that's when Takia came and said, I think we need to start moving to that tub. Yep. And that's when I got even more nervous because yeah. then at this point, I know that it's A, the point of no return. <laughs> B, this baby is coming out one way, <laughs> not or the other, one way. One way is only one way out. <laughs> and then I started to, I think I started to then think back to my birth with Kaz, which I was very calm when I look at the footage now from both mm -hmm. deliveries. Extremely. Super calm with Kaz. With Dakota, I think I was anticipating yes. the pain and like what was coming next. And in that moment, I kind of panicked a little bit, I feel like, when I was in the water. It was like a panic that I felt like, oh, my God, like I know what's about to happen. I just want to get this baby out of me. And with each contraction and with each push, mm -hmm. I think I was that much more just nervous. I think you're hard on yourself. I don't think you panicked. You don't think I so? I think you handled that that pretty well. If, if, I, feel, I looked at the myself, footage, y'all. I look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I look crazy. I mean, <laughs> exhaling and giving a, a, a grunt or a scream mm -hmm. while a contraction's coming, mm -hmm. while a baby's head is coming through your vagina, <laughs> it's not panicking. You know what yes. I'm saying? Like, right. that's, that's not panicking. Right. That's, that's part of the process. I mean, you were extremely calm. Um, I remember... The water was very, very hot. It was. And you weren't mm -hmm. screaming and cussing at people. You were just like, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hot. And then you asked me to get the, the cool water. I remember leaving your side for a minute to mm -hmm. check one of the cameras. <laughs> and you were just like, no, no. Yeah. I was like, don't, don't. And you were like, don't just, go nowhere. just stay right here. <laughs> just stay right here. I almost took my mom's braids out at one point <laughs> because she was to my left and I was looking for something to grab onto. And I think I pulled her hair. Um, poor thing. Sorry, mom. <laughs> My bad. She might have a little ball spot <laughs> because of that. Um, your mom's yeah, a warrior. I, she's yeah. Your, her mom, your mom, my mom. They were like literally surrounding the tub. Mm -hmm. um, my sister was right next to Takia. You were right, literally behind me the entire time. Um, it was just a great, great experience. Even I, thinking I, about it now, yeah. While you're talking about it, I'm just smiling because yeah. until you've experienced that type of power from a woman and yes. the power of a village and watching everybody come together. It's like it's it's something so divine about it. Absolutely. It's and the way everyone just literally rallied around me and I just had at that point when I, one thing I've always had was total trust in my body. Like mm -hmm. I've always felt like my body particularly during during labor or just during pregnancy that my body is not going to fail me. Mm -hmm. Um and in that moment I just knew that my body was doing what it was supposed to do. So in still being a little bit nervous and a little bit antsy and wanting this baby to come out and just being like, oh, my God, there's this pain. It was trusting the process and trusting the pain that knowing that each time I had a contraction or each time I felt the urge to push, it was my body bringing me that much closer to holding the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like this is like the grand finale. Mm -hmm. This is when I'm going to finally have this baby in my arms. And can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay can't nobody tell me nothing now because i literally feel like, like i feel like a woman i feel like my body did what it was supposed to do and there was no intervention i had my husband by my side my, my team of women around mm. me it was just such like you said it was a divine moment like god was all over that place he was all in the room all in the water he was all over it all over it and i feel like having dakota beautifully born at home it's just proof of that. It's just proof of that. Like he came out and he literally didn't make a word. 
He didn't make a sound. Mm -hmm. He didn't cry. He just came out and just laid on top of me. Like he was just supposed to just like, just be here. It was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. And those are the only moments that make me for 2.5 seconds (laughs) feel like I could do it again. (laughs) But no, I mean, what it was, was what it was in that moment. And it was great. And we have our memories. Yeah. um, We have our footage and it was just, it was great. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there on the podcast that um you're not gonna get a birthing vlog. Um, mm-hmm. Kadina and I had made a decision before Dakota got here mm-hmm. that we wanted to keep this memory for us. Yeah, uh, we do share a lot. Um, we like to share because we like to inform people. But we've shared a birthing vlog mm-hmm. with with you guys. We shared a birthing vlog, and we appreciate you guys being a part of our virtual family. Mm-hmm. But um, we had made a decision beforehand that um. How we filmed this time was going to be way more intimate Mm -hmm. than the last time. Number one, because I wanted to be very aware of what was going on. Like I said before, I didn't want to have to think about cameras and vlog footage Mm -hmm. while this delivery was happening. Because Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this is four years from Kaz. Also, I didn't want to have to worry about how you felt during... I, I don't know how to explain it, but. You don't want me to be conscious of it? I didn't want you to be conscious. I yeah. wanted you to be fully aware of the moment. Absolutely. And be present th- in the moment. Right. Be, you know, be, I've been big on that lately. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Be, being present in the moment yes. and not being present about where the camera is or which angle is being caught. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be as organic and natural as possible. Yes. And that's why there's no vlog footage. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I just did. I just yeah. wanted this moment this was just to be an what it moment for what us and our family. And like you said, there's a lot of things that we do share. Um, there's actually a lot of things that we don't share, and we make a collective decision about mm. what that's going to look like for us. Um, and I literally wanted it to be just what it was. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be present in that moment. I wanted to be able to think about and feel everything that was mm-hmm. happening without any interruption, if that makes sense. Um, I, like, I didn't want to think about who was in the room, right. extra people in the room, um, recording anything. I really just wanted to live in that moment. So when I think back to the birth of Dakota, I can literally feel and smell and hear everything, everything. that happened um, amidst the contractions. <laughs> when those happen, you don't hear or think about anything other than, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Um, so yeah, it was a beautiful experience. The boys were literally right outside the door with my dad. Um, so the minute Dakota came out, I had the boys come in to meet their brother. They were so excited to meet sweet baby. That's what Cassie's been calling him, sweet baby. Um, so we've been able to meet baby broader. We took some pictures, of course. Um, shout out to Kayla. Thank you for being here on the last minute because, yeah, you know, Dakota did what so he we wanted. do have pictures so we, we have, have photos pictures, and but, stuff um, yeah so as far as videos yeah we'll put together a little something so you guys can see um probably simultaneously with this this podcast yeah but um but as far as a birthing vlog yeah sorry guys it's not yeah. gonna happen it's all it's all here like i can like Kay said i can smell and feel and remember every single thing like mm-hmm. i can i can remember it. isn't it crazy how social media has like conditioned us so much to be like so on that that portion of you know, um, being in the moment or feeling or just heightening senses um, mm. kind of took a backseat for a while when it came to certain experiences. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and then now we realize the value in those moments. Let me tell you, 
God tends to put things in, in perspective, mm-hmm. right? Um, I wanted to be present for my child's birth. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in production mm-hmm. of my child's birth. Right. You understand what I'm right. saying? I just wanted to be present, and mm-hmm. I felt present, and I feel like, and we're going to talk about this on the next vlog, mm-hmm. I mean on the next podcast, there was a reason why I felt that way, mm-hmm. and it turned out that that reason was the best reason mm-hmm. because giving birth is the closest you'll get to death. Yeah. Without actually dying. Yeah. And shout out to all if the moms fortunate. who have given birth. Um, condolences to moms who have lost their lives mm-hmm. while giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, moms who have just given birth and who are dealing with certain issues after giving birth. Um, Facts. The more children you have and the money, the more times you watch it, the realer childbirth gets to you. Mm-hmm. And you respect that so much mm-hmm. where you realize like everything can't be a production. Yeah. And um yeah. first of all, I love you, baby. I love you too. I love you so much. Dakota. That was great. Um E four. He is so perfect, y'all. Y'all have no idea, man. Y'all have no idea. He is so perfect. When you watch when such you, a good baby too so far. And a, his brothers are so in love with him and it's funny, I couldn't even, I, it was hard for me to, I have this moment, these moments every time I have another kid. Like with Jackson, it was like, oh my God, this guilty feeling of like now mm-hmm. imposing another child on Jackson's mm-hmm. life and having to divide my time. And then I had the same feeling after having Cairo and then having mm-hmm. Cass so soon after. I was like, oh my God, Cairo is a baby and I'm bringing another baby in and how dare I do this to him. Then we have the three boys and I'm like, Oh, but our little trio is so cute now. I'm going yeah. to like infiltrate their circle with another kid. What am I doing? And then you end up having another child and they fall right into place. Right in place. Like as if they were here the entire time. Um, and it just, it's its beautiful to see and it's beautiful to watch. He's an amazing baby. I know DeVal has looked at me some sometimes and been like, you really in love with this baby, huh? As if I'm not supposed to be. But nah, I'm, I'm, I'm just being it's honest. Just, I, mean, I don't even got nothing to say. We can go to break on that because that was just the, the best description yeah. of, of the feeling of bringing yeah. another child in. It's like, man, it was perfect. I'm so in love. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll be back. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. There's power in every purchase because every time we buy a black lead brand, we make room for another black lead brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one to name a few. There is a whole collection of black lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month 
it all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, we back. And even after having four kids, this is still Kadeen's favorite part of the show. She get to be nosy. This is my adult time, guys, okay? (laughs) This is my adult time in between breastfeeding and all the good stuff. All right, so we got listener letters. Cool. Should Let's I read the start. first one or you want to go first? Go ahead, baby. It's, it's your day. It's your day, baby. All right. Do it like it's your B day. Hey, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, couples, couple episodes ago, you guys talked about providing a safe space, especially for women when it comes to being a mom and birthing. Myself and my significant other both really want to be parents and believe that this is a part of our legacy. However, I'm terrified of giving birth. I feel bad expressing this because people tell me, well, other ladies go through it too, so you should be okay. And as you mentioned before, if it was that bad, people wouldn't have multiple kids. Made me think, hey, that's a good point. As I still want to be a mother and pray the Lord blesses me with children, how can I prepare for the pain? My pain tolerance is low and I hate hospitals. Hearing you guys talk about birthing at home where you're comfortable has brought some ideas to my mind, but I fear I won't be able to face the pain and become so afraid that it might hinder my thought process of having birthing a child. I know my man wants to be a father and the last thing I want is last minute to switch things up. My goal is all due to thinking about the unbearable pain after spending time and putting effort towards us. 
I sometimes express this and people say everyone goes through it, so you're fine, but I feel like that devalues my feelings and doesn't give me a safe space safe space to discuss this. Sis, I felt the same <laughs> way. Facts. So for you to feel like, later. yeah, I know, and four babies later, for you to feel like, um, you know, this is like, you're, you're crazy for feeling this way, you're not. Um, literally every single time that I lead up to birth, everyone, <laughs> labor and delivery, everyone, I get completely nervous and I worry about the pain. I used to actually think that my pain tolerance was low, mm-hmm. but come to find out my pain tolerance is pretty high, which Extremely. is crazy to me. Um, one thing that my midwife told me that really helped with just my mental space when it came to dealing with pain she told me if I thought of pain or the contractions as one step closer to me holding my baby or one step closer to me being at the end of labor and delivery, that that sometimes gives me a little bit of momentum that I need to keep going, which actually really works. So it's like it's in, in, a, in a sense, I welcome the pain at the end, um, although it is pain nonetheless, and it feels like your bones mm-hmm. are being crushed in your entire pelvis. But it does make you feel like, okay, that's one less contraction that I have to deal with Mm -hmm. um, to then seeing my baby. And if I put this timeline in perspective for you, my water broke at 6.38 in the morning. Very light contractions throughout the day. The last 45 minutes, I would say, is probably the worst of it. Mm -hmm. And the contractions, they come and they go. So you do get a little bit of reprieve, even though it's not a lot in between them you do get a moment to kind of catch your breath so it's like a build-up if you think of the contraction like a hill you'll feel it coming on it'll kind of hit a peak and then it goes down so i wouldn't say that it's a continuous Mm -hmm. pain that i felt the entire time so that's what helped me with having moments of just having highs and lows Um, and that's how i was able to look at the pain um, and look at the process so it wasn't as daunting Um, like you said it's going to be pain nonetheless but that's my mental space that I'm in when I look at labor and I try to deal with the pain um, the best that I can. So I hope that helps um, because I would love to see you become a mom and love for your significant other to be a father. And if pain's the only hindrance also too, just you have to know that there's options. You know, there are epidurals that yeah. people take um, when you're in the hospital. You have to be in the hospital for that though. Um, but just allowing your body to do what it's supposed to do naturally, I think helps the process go faster which I like about the home birthing process that there's no intervention and your body literally do does what it's made to do. Mm. So good luck to her on that. Do you have any two cents about the pain? I know you can't yeah, I'm relate not to try the to pain. Mansplain yeah. Contractions. <laughs> like I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. But what I will say for her significant other is his responsibility to create that space for her. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's like, I, I remember one time in particular, um, the OBGYN had you waiting there for a couple hours. Yeah, and, and, a half. and I called mm-hmm. and I said, Dean, I will be there in five minutes because I couldn't at this point, I couldn't come to the appointments because mm-hmm. of COVID regulations. Mm-hmm. But I would have blown that whole place up for mm-hmm. them making my wife feel uncomfortable. And I feel like that's where we have to be as men. Mm-hmm. We can't have a contraction. We mm-hmm. can't carry a baby. Mm-hmm. But everything outside of what's going on in your body is my responsibility. What you eat, what you drink, where you walk, who's around you where you have the child, who's your OBGYN. It's a man's responsibility to make sure that you have access to everything you need to be as comfortable as you have to be during that process. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I don't have any words for her with how to deal with contractions. Mm -hmm. But if I could speak to him, if you want to ask this woman to have your baby, mm -hmm. you better be prepared to deal with everything. And, and I'm talking about everything. The mood swings. Because, because this is another thing. That oxytocin, now that I know about it, mm -hmm. I wish I'd known about it earlier. Yeah. Because that oxytocin could have been used through earlier in, in a couple in, in during the pregnancy to get you through some moments where mm -hmm. you were feeling down. Yeah. At times I felt like you didn't want to be touched and stuff like that. And I didn't know right. the, what, benefits, the, of the benefits of it. So yeah. I was just trying to give you what you asked for. Mm -hmm. But knowing more now, mm -hmm. I, I would have just knocked down your little Heisman block and I was like, come <laughs> here. I'd have kissed on you, loved yeah. on you just to make you we feel a little better. We should have did that during week 37 when the, the team was here. You see that? I probably would have brought on labor faster too. And but I didn't know. We didn't think But this it. is why we share. Mm -hmm. But um, that's that's his responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You, and and I will say this: it's your first first baby. Definitely get with an OBGYN that you trust, mm -hmm. and let them guide you through the process of whether you're a good candidate mm -hmm. for, for a home birth. A home birth. Yes, because not everyone is a good candidate. And Kadeen and I also went through the fact that um, Dakota was transverse at one point, or almost transverse. Mm -hmm. So we had to do a, a ton of um, exercises to get him to be put into position. Yes, it's difficult. That's important. Yes, it's difficult to give birth to a child when they're breached mm -hmm. or transversed or, mm -hmm. or transverse is like impossible. If the baby's yeah. sideways, yeah. there's no way to for the baby to come out. So the, the only result in that is a C, is a C-section. C-section. Right. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so we did a ton of inversions. Yes. And we did some things to uh to get. Uh, Dakota in place but yeah and that's also a part of it like yeah. as as your significant other your your husband it's his job mm -hmm. to make sure that everything around the contraction because that's the only thing you can't control and the yes. actual birth he has to control that yeah the environment is you super know? important and not for nothing I've been in a, a hospital room lately in the labor and delivery unit and um it was very comfortable, I yes. will say. It does. It didn't give me that sterile feel that hospitals no. typically have. I think that hospitals are working to try to make them a little bit cozier environments for when you're having babies. So if that becomes an option for you or it needs to be an option, um, you know, doing like a hospital tour, I think, ahead of time would yeah. be worth it to see if it's a space that you feel like you can be comfortable um, laboring in and delivering. So good luck to you, sis. I hope everything pans out for you and you guys are able yes, to create that legacy that you've always wanted. Number two, my husband and I have been together for four years, married for two. He is 30 and I'm just turning 28. My husband and I have no children. We are actually trying to become pregnant, but have not told anyone that we are actually, in fact, trying. We just say we're doing our thing. And if it happens, it happens. With me knowing that we are actually trying, I have been asking pregnancy questions of my husband, my, my husband's mom and my mom, researching things, watching things, you know, the whole bit about pregnancy, just trying to learn what I can and prepare as much as possible for what my body could possibly endure. My mom thinks that I need to leave the talk alone until I become pregnant. My husband's mom thinks that I'm stressing, in which I'm not. I just want to learn what I can. I'm a very curious person. To get to the, to get to the real point, <laughs> I have decided for a long time now that I want to have a water birth at home. I want my parents on both sides to be there. I want it to be intimate, and I, want, I don't want the hospital telling me who I can and can't have around in support of me and my husband's first baby being born. I live in Oklahoma City and hospitals are only allowing one person in and not out or in and out once they're in. My question is, do you think that I should consider having our first baby in the hospital because it is my first? And do you think that I am doing too much by researching home births, uh, researching doulas and midwives, reading and listening to things about pregnancy experiences before I'm actually pregnant? No. Absolutely not. Girl. Hell no. <laughs> 
getting researched and thinking about pregnancy is just responsible. Absolutely. I think like, more if more people did the research ahead of time, we probably wouldn't have as many people <laughs> becoming parents because they understand what's entailed. You know what, what bothers entails? me? You know what bothers me? People like to shame other people for just being different, right? And and this is this is even to moms, right? Right? Your mom, my mom, grandmoms. Just because you did motherhood one way, Mm-hmm. Don't mean the next mother is right. going to do it or it the same make way it, you did it. Doesn't make it the be all that ends all right. of motherhood. Like the fact that you're asking questions. Who who else would you want to <laughs> ask advice from other than the two moms closest to you, your mother and your mother in law? Right, but what so she for said them that, to shame her about oh, that. That's a good point. Come on, like you know what I mean? Up. It is a little messed up. I think I think that they should welcome that. I mean, you should be curious about pregnancy, especially if you haven't been through it before. And right. Like I said, if more people did research about it, mm-hmm. people might feel like you know what this might not be what it's not my, what it's cracked up to be, or this right. might not be for me. So I think it's actually very responsible of you Absolutely. to be doing that, especially if you're considering a home birth. Absolutely. You know, my like I can't tell you what to do your first time around having a baby. Should you or should you not have it in the hospital? Because I know people who have had their first child mm-hmm. at home and everything panned out fine. Um, personally, I know that if it was my first baby, I probably would have went the OBGYN route just to ensure that medically mm-hmm. I was sound enough to have a home birth Absolutely. if I wanted to. Absolutely. Um, but I don't think you can do too much research. I mean, especially with our first home birth with Kaz. Yes. I went through the entire gamut of Absolutely. midwives, birthing centers, um, you know, black midwives. Mm-hmm. I, I looked for everybody. I, I went and dug up their entire <laughs> resume. Mm-hmm. Um, we did interviews. There were so many things that we did to be able to prepare for a home birth. This is what I want people to look up because there's such a stigma around home births, right? Look up the infant and mother mortality rate for hospitals versus home births. And you tell me which one is higher. Mm-hmm. And then say, why is there such a stigma around home births? Mm-hmm. When people die in hospitals, at a higher rate than they die at home. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. Just look up the numbers and you tell me. Mm-hmm. Because people need to understand, too, that America is a business, right? There's a business of birthing. Mm-hmm. There's a business of death. Mm-hmm. There's a business of epidurals. Mm-hmm. There's a business of C-sections, yep. right? And before hospitals and birthing became a business, people gave birth at home. Yep. How do you think everybody got here? Right. You understand what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Eliminate the stigma when you do research, because if you go into the research thinking that this is something that may be extreme, then you're going to find things that's going to seem extreme mm-hmm. as opposed to just doing research and being open minded right. to what the possibilities are. Right. And I think that's I mean, that's that's where we are in America today anyway, because there's so much stigma with anything. It's either your vax or anti-vax. Mm-hmm. So now they're stigmatizing vaccine people, but then they're stigmatizing anti-vax mm-hmm. when the bottom line is it's just a choice you have a choice to do what you want to do with your body right whatever so, you think is sound for you continue to do as much research as possible um no question is a dumb question mm-hmm. i will say having an OBGYN that's open-minded to the possibility of you having an own birth would be the best choice mm-hmm. because that person would tell you if you're a good candidate or not right you see but don't don't just i'm gonna do this on my own Right. Unless you have the knowledge to do it on, my, on your own. That's it. That's really good. Really good way to wrap it up. Love That's that. Me. Love that. All right. And if you want to be a part of the listener letters, be sure to email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. Moment of truth time. Um. Oh, man.
Do I look tired? I feel like I, I feel like I'm talking in slow motion. You look, you look great. You look great. You just saying that because and tired. <laughs> <laughs> I literally almost feel like I'm talking in slow motion, and my eyes feel so heavy, y'all. Y'all have to excuse me. We're recording this what three weeks postpartum? Three weeks postpartum. And we had quite the three weeks, but I will say, um, in my moment of truth, that baby Dakota is worth every sleepless night. He's yes. worth the cracked, sore nipples. Um, he's worth. <laughs> so sexy. He's so worth sexy. all the things. Um, but. Like I said, I was going to come to this in my moment of truth. I have to thank you for creating a space and a life. And, uh, um, oh, God, here go the hormones again. Oh, and the baby. tears. <laughs> um, but you really have um, made this last baby, and I say that confidently um this last baby and this last pregnancy and this last labor and delivery experience for us probably the best yet because you have worked day in and day out and overnight and around the clock to make sure that I was comfortable that I didn't want for anything or didn't need for anything um and if I did you found a way to bend over backwards to make it happen but all while still being a stellar um father present for jackson cairo kaz being present for me being present for my mom because she's here with us helping out and also being a kick-ass actor (laughs) um you know working on sisters and all the other shows that you did this summer like i feel like i need to publicly celebrate you um because I know that social media gets the version of DeVal that they get, but I need them to know that this is you every single day. And, um, oh, baby, you're going to make me cry. No. And I don't take that for granted, although sometimes I know I probably make you feel that way. Um, but I really don't. <laughs> and, um, I love you. And these boys love you so much. And, um, this is the last time y'all get me crying on this podcast, but I just need you to know how much you mean to me and our family. And I know that it feels like a thankless job sometimes, but none of this shit works without you. And um, I know you told me that recently mm-hmm. in another circumstance that we'll talk about in another podcast episode, but literally none of this shit works without you. And I love you so much. And um. I would have all the babies for you if you wanted me to, but I think this is it. (laughs) We might be able to hang this up, but I just love you so much. And you have literally made this um, experience the best that it could have been for our family and for me. And um, thank you. (laughs) Damn. Um, That's my moment of truth, y'all. My moment of truth is short. You deserve it. You just deserve it. That's all I got. Thank you. Deserve it. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. All right. All right, y'all. Y'all still watching? <laughs> y'all still listening? <laughs> We're having a whole moment here, but yeah. no, it just that just came over me in talking about everything because I just think about how present you've been. Like you knew things that was happening to me and my body before it even happened. I feel like like how in tune you were with it. It's just me and everything and and how in tune you've been with Dakota, just newborn life and you deserve it. the boys and 
You deserve just it. everything. And here's a, a moment of truth: every woman bringing life into this world deserves to feel that safe and yeah, protected. Absolutely, that's just the truth. Yeah, like that's the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Literally. But well, you thank you for it. acknowledging that. <laughs> you deserve it, and you rock at it. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. I love you. Be sure to find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. Yes, and you can find me on social media, Kadeen I Am. And I am Deval. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, y'all. Yay. And happy birthday to Dakota. Happy birthday, D. (laughs) Oh, you got a D now. I do. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) (laughs) Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care and we'll see you there.